0: She must have been thinking that the God who created her was birthed in her. What an awesome privilege and an awesome responsibility. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Amen. We get excited as we turn to the Word of God. If you're visiting with us today want to know what all that's about, that's what it's about. So, uh, in Matthew chapter 2 beginning at verse 7. Sort to give you a context of what's going on, Jesus has been born and uh, the Magi have come to Jerusalem and they see King Herod and trying to find where the star is, where the child is and King Herod is, uh oh, the king of Jews, is that what you said? And uh, so therefore he sort of gives them some advice and what they uh, should do and then verse seven it says, and Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "'Go and search carefully for the child, "'and when you have found him, report to him, "'so that I, may, I too may come and worship him.' And after hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy." After coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh." May God bless the reading of his holy and precious word. We are in a series on giving the perfect gift to Christ this Christmas. I share with you as I started the series in the first week that what Christ has given to us. And his son and, and met all of our needs and his son and everything. And I thought from there what we would do is say, how can, what can we give to Christ that he desires? What is it that he would want this Christmas? And we saw last week that first and foremost, God, the gift that we can, the perfect gift we can give Christ this Christmas is our trust and we give him our trust. And we recognize that one of the greatest ways that we can honor our God and really give him the present that he desires is our trust in our salvation through Jesus Christ. Our trust that he will be with us and give us the necessary resources that we need as we face threatening situations in our life. And and trust in him as he prospers us as we become successful in this life that we we would always keep before him. That We trust in Him and not the success that God gives us in our life. This week, I'm going to take the next step and the next gift that I believe that Christ would desire this Christmas, and that is the gift of obedience. The gift of obedience. I believe that this is a gift that would really honor the Lord. It would bless Him. You see, once you trust in him, something happens within you. A new love is put in your heart. And that new love that's put in your heart should put a new desire in your heart. And that desire is to obey the one whom you've trusted. Amen? Amen. That's God's will, and that's God's desire for all of us. This morning, I want to look at two things. Number one, the importance of obedience and the indescribable blessings of obedience. First of all, the importance of obedience. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 in the Old Testament, it sort of pictures for us the importance of obeying whatever God tells us to do. Samuel is now the king, and God has given him a mandate and a mission what he's supposed to do. And and sure enough, as uh, not Samuel, but uh, Saul, I should say, and Samuel comes to him and tells him what he's supposed to do, and he understands it clearly, what the Word of God is, and he's supposed to go out and do it. Well, he comes back, and he doesn't do what God's Word tells him to do. And Samuel is there in chapter 15, verse 22, and he says this, "...has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord?" That's his question. You see, what was taking place is Saul decided, hey, here's a time i offer these sacrifices to God and he'll be really pleased with that. I didn't obey what he asked me to do, but I'm going to offer these sacrifices. I'm going to give him something that will appease him and make him feel good. Well, Samuel asked the question and probed within his heart. It says, is sacrifices as in obeying the voice of God? What is more important? And he describes in verse 23, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Now, watch this. For rebellion is as a sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Now, note with me the equation here. Disobedience is equated as the same as witchcraft. You ever thought of that? When you disobey God, God is saying to Samuel, to, to Saul here through Samuel, that it's like divination, it's like witchcraft. What is witchcraft? It's nothing more than idolatry. Idolatry is someone else is guiding you in your life. And you see, God takes that very serious. He created you, you're His child. He wants you to look to Him to guide you in your life. So you see the importance of, of obeying God. It's a serious thing. Amen. Now, I want you to see that another side of obeying God. In John chapter 13, verse 16, it says this, Jesus speaking, he's giving his last words, he's meeting with his disciples before, he's going to go to the cross, and here he is giving them some encouraging words to remind them in verse 16, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who has sinned greater than the one who sent him. Now, watch this. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. This is what God's helping us to see. God wants to bless us. He wants always, listen, God's mandate is to bless your life. But you and I must put our lives in alignment with him and follow him because he has the best for us. He knows what he's up to and we're to follow him. Whether it's your personal life, whether it's your home life, whether it's your marketplace life, or whether it's eternal life. God wants to bless you. But for you to experience that, you must obey his word. Now, how many of you this morning would want to experience God's manifest power and presence in your life? I believe every one of us would. Now, hear me. Obedience is the key to experiencing all that God has for us. Now, I'm convinced, and I know from God's Word very clearly, when there is no obedience, there is no activity of God in our life. You see, God's wanting to show himself in your life. He's wanting to manifest his presence in your life. But the only reason why it's not manifesting in our lives is because there's no obedience. You see, no obedience, there will be no activity of God working in your life to experience the power and presence and purpose of God, we must obey. Now, remember this, he's the one who's guiding the ship. I'm not and you're not, amen? He's got, listen, this is his world. He created it, he spoke and it came into existence, amen? It's all his, the earth and all that's in it is the Lord. Now, is it important that I know where I want to go and do or is it more important that I know where he is going and what he's doing? Surely you understand it's more important that we know where he's going and what he's doing. Amen? God's Word, let me tell you something about God's Word. God's Word from Genesis to Revelation is about this mandate, it's what God is saying and what God is doing. God's Word is written, it's about his story and we get to join Him in what He's doing in this world that He created. I think that's an incredible privilege, and I take that very seriously as I walk with God in my own personal life, and I pray that you do as well. You see, He knows where He's going. He knows what He's doing. We just have to trust Him and obey Him and receive the blessings from Him, and He gets all the glory. Now, I can tell you, that's a great deal. God says, I want you to do this. Hey, God, here I am. Because every time God asks us to do something, watch this, it's always for our benefit and for his glory. Just always remember that. It will help you a lot in trying to decide, whether I want to do what the word of God is telling me to do. Promise you God wants to bless you. You see, he knows where you are. All through scripture you find in order to receive the blessing, God's people had to obey what He asked them to do. Remember Abraham. God told Abraham, he "said Abraham, I want you to leave Ur, and I want you to go where I have a place intended for you." And what did the Bible says? It says, "And Abraham left." People often ask me, you know, well what if he went in the wrong direction? He couldn't. As long as he stayed still, he would have never seen the blessing of God. But because he moved, he left the place where he left, God was going to guide him from there. You can't go wrong when you obey God. I'm mindful that Moses, he comes to the Red Sea with the children of Israel, remember? And as he's there and God he's out there crying out to God, God says, Moses. Quit crying out to me. Quit praying. I don't need you to pray no more. I just need you to do what I ask you to do. Put your hand out over the sea and divide the sea. Boom. It parts. He had to obey. You see, Nahum, or the captain of the, uh, of the army, in 2 Kings chapter 5, he comes, and he implores the king about, hey, I've got leprosy, I need, I need help, Can you you got to send somebody to cure me. And the king says, hey, I, I don't know anybody, and he rips his robe and says, what does this guy think I am? And all of a sudden, Elisha hears about it, and he says, hey, king, don't worry about it, send him to me. So I'll show to him there's a prophet of God in the land. And sure enough, he comes to Elisha. Elisha doesn't come out the door. He just tells his servant to tell him to go and dip in the Jordan River. White says seven times. And you know the captain of this army, he's, you know, he's big and bad. He said, that, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, after all, why the Jordan River? There's two rivers over here in Damascus that are a lot cleaner than the Jordan. Why in the world would I got to go there? And his servant wisely said, well, Captain, if he would told you to do a hard thing, you'd have done it. He's asked you to do an easy thing. Just go over here to the Jordan and dip seven times. He did it. One, two, three, four, five, six. If he doesn't do it the seventh time, guess what? He's still with leprosy. But because he did it seven times, he'd come out and he was cleansed. And oh, my goodness, he was excited in the Lord. He went to tell Elisha about it. His disciples remind, Remember his disciples. His disciples was asked. They come to him and says, "Hey, we're gonna get Jesus." Sure enough, here he hadn't paid his taxes. So Peter tells uh, God, uh, Jesus tells Peter, "Peter, go fishing again. Go out and catch a fish. When he catches that fish, there's gonna be a coin in the mouth of that fish that's gonna take care of our taxes." Now that doesn't make any sense to the fishermen. Okay, he's caught. Millions of fish in his life. He ain't found a coin in it yet, Willie. But I'm here to tell you, God told him to do it. So what did he do? He did it. And when he did it, remember what happened? There was the coin. Duh. God's in control, amen? God will provide. I'm mindful that Jesus here, as he ascends to heaven, he tells his disciples to go. Go back to Jerusalem, to the house, and y'all wait until the Holy Spirit of God comes. And when it comes, the power that you're going to need to be able to live the Christian life is going to be bestowed upon you. You just wait, go and wait. They went and wait, and 10 days later, you remember, the power of God fell down. And an amazing thing, 3,000 souls got saved and many multitudes of others after that. Obedience, church, hear me. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. When God tells us to obey, it's something to benefit us. It's a blessing for us. And God wants to bless us. I'm mindful of a story I read about Roger Staubach back in the day. He said, you know, he led the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, it was a long time ago, 1971, I think. Jody would probably know, he's way back there. So Uh, I think it was 1971 that they won the world championship. I could be wrong. but." He admitted that his position as a quarterback, who didn't call his own signals, was a source of trial for him. Uh, Coach Landry sent in every play, and he told Roger when to pass, when to run, and only in an emergency could he change the play. And if he changed the play, it better be right. Even though Roger Staubach considered Coach Landry to have a genius mind when it comes to strategy in his life, when it comes to football, Roger Staubach said this, Pride said that he shall be able to run his own team. Roger later said that uh, I faced up the issue to the issue of obedience. He said, once I learned to obey, there were three things that happened in my life. Harmony, fulfillment, and victory. Now, tell me, church, is that not what we all want? Harmony, fulfillment, and victory. We can learn from Roger Staubach, amen? One of the things I found in my life as I walk with God, and you have as well, that you must make adjustments if you're going to join God in what he's doing. That's just part of life. Because you see, I don't know where I'm going half the time, amen? But God does. He knows where he's going and he knows what he's up to. You see, Moses could not stay on the back side of the desert and meet Pharaoh. He had to listen to what God told him to do. Even though he is fear and trembling, he still did what God asked him to do. Amazing, all through scripture you find this David, he had to make the adjustment. Remember, he, God calls him and what's he doing? He's taking care of sheep. Now God's going to make him king, (laughs) a shepherd to a king. Uh, Imagine that transition. He's thinking, oh, my, uh, you got to be kidding. But you see, David did that. He made the necessary judgment. I'm mindful of the Old Testament in Jonah. He couldn't continue to hold on to his prejudice and go preach in Nineveh. He had to let it go. He had to obey God. Peter and Andrew and James and John, (laughs) they had a fishing business. God tells him to leave that and come follow me. Oh, my. you got to be kidding. Now, God wouldn't ask us to do that. Oh, yeah, he would. Matthew, the tax collector, remember him? He had a great business. Man, he he was thriving. And Jesus comes along and speaks to him and, and tells Matthew, come follow me. And sure enough, he left. The apostle, great apostle Paul, he was Saul, remember? He was going in the wrong direction. God speaks to him, and once he speaks to him, what happens? He tells him he's got to go in 180 degree different. He's got to go in a change of direction totally than what he had been doing. All of us are that way. You see, one of the things I've learned with God, you can never outgive God, but I'm here to tell you that when you obey God, it will cost you. AND THAT'S PROBABLY ONE OF THE REASONS WHY WE STRUGGLE AND OBEY. IT WILL COST YOU AND IT WILL COST YOU YOUR FAMILY SOMETIMES TO OBEY GOD. THAT'S PART OF IT. I FIND IN MY OWN FAMILY, WHEN I uh, FIRST uh, FULL-TIME MINISTRY JOB, WHEN I WENT DOWNTOWN TO THE GUSTA RESCUE MISSION and, AND SERVED THERE FOR SIX YEARS, IT WAS AN INCREDIBLE COST. Not just, IT WASN'T JUST SO MUCH TO ME AS IT WAS TO MY WIFE AND MY CHILDREN. And I never forget so many people and friends of ours and family members would say, hey, you know, this is gonna be the worst thing in the world. What's gonna happen to your kids? Well, I can tell you what's gonna happen to my kids. God's gonna take care of them. That's what's gonna happen. He's gonna protect them. He's gonna provide for them. Can I tell you, I've asked my kids this. I've asked them, tell me what's been some of the most special moments of, of your life thus far as a young child growing up and where you are today. And both of them have said, The time that we were at the Augusta Rescue Mission. You know why? Because when you obey God, he always blesses you. It it may cost you something, but it's nothing in comparison to what God gives you in return. Amen? Because we learned that God, in the center of God's will, is the best place to always be in. You can have all the world has to offer. But if you're out of the will of God, I'm here to tell you, you're the most miserable person in the world because you're always looking for something else to help you have peace. But when you are obeying God, you have peace and you know that he's in charge. And if he's in charge, hey, we can rest and trust him. Blessing is on the way. Amen. Second thing I want us to see here this morning is talking about the indescribable blessings of obedience. I want you to see this. Three things. In John chapter 14, we're going to finish our time there today. In John 14, beginning at verse 15, I want you to see three different verses here. First of all, I want you to see the powerful presence that God offers to us. In John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me. How many of you love love Jesus? All right. Now, watch this. Here's the question. How do you know that you love Jesus? Watch this. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. Now, how many of you love Jesus? (laughs) You see, God wants us to see that there's proof in the pudding. Amen? You see, you love somebody by how? Your actions. You see, I can tell my wife I love her all I want, but if I never demonstrate that to her, really, I don't love her. Now, my words can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, but what's ringing in her heart is, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. Amen? Now, we've all been there. But you see, he gives us his power. Watch this. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he goes on in verse 16, and he says, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you another helper another of the same kind that I am. In other words, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit of God, this powerful presence is gonna be with you, watch this, to give you comfort during those most difficult times in your life and to give you counsel when you don't know what to do in life. That's powerful to me, that helps me, that encourages me that when I am in a ditch, he comes along and gets me out of the ditch. When when I'm over here trying to figure out what to do next, he's there to counsel me in the way in which I am to go. This is the way, walk in it. That's the encouraging thing about God's word. You see, once you and I obey, watch this, he guides us, he provides for us, he protects us. Now, when I think of obedience, hear me, it is a constant way of life. Obedience is not say, I obeyed one thing and therefore that's it. No, it's a pattern of life that he's talking about here when he's talking about offering to him this gift of obedience. We offer to him a constant life of obedience. Now, let me ask you, as you look at your life, could your life be described as one Who is living in constant obedience to God you see obedience is a condition of the heart so that when you and I receive a directive we always respond in that direction here's a second one in in John 14 verse 21 he speaks of his proving presence here oh I love this whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and watch this and i too will love them and show myself to them oh i love this It's all about a love relationship. That's what I want you to get, church. It's it's about a loving relationship. It's not about a legalistic relationship. It's about a loving relationship that God has with us. You see, God wants to express his authentic, his genuine, his perfect love toward us, and he wants us to experience his love in our lives, and it happens as you and I obey him. Now, when when he gives you a direction, and you obey him it means that you trust him and that you know he is up to something in your life and you're ready to obey I can tell you just think about this if you and I just started obeying God in just the little things of life what would take place is we would start creating a habit of obedience when the big things arise that it's easier for us to say yes My wife would tell me over and over again honey it's always about the little things if you do the little things you don't have to worry about whether I'm gonna trust you with the big things it's always that way in life you see it's not about knowing him here church it's not not about that what I'm talking about here today it's about him leading you in your life is he leading your life we've got to decide We've got to draw a line in the sand, and we got to say, ask this question, who is going to be the boss? Is he going to be the boss, or is it you going to be the boss? We have to decide that. You see, his promise is his presence and his power will always be there with you. He'll be there with you in your marriage, in your relationships, at work, he'll be with you. He wants to demonstrate himself at your work. He wants to demonstrate himself in your marriage. He wants to demonstrate himself in your relationships that you have in life. You see, that's what God's come to do. He wants you to experience his love. And the only condition for you to be experiencing that love in any area of your life, whether it be your finances, whether it be your health, whether it be your ability to make right decisions or be able to handle relationship, here's the key. Obedience. Obedience. God wants to prove himself. Are you obeying? He said he will show himself to you if you will obey him. Now think about that. That's incredible to me. That's why he tells us over and over again in various times of scripture, test me. Test me and see if I won't prove myself in this. And yet God says test us in our 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 wallet and, and, and we can't can't get it out why can't we get it out because we really don't trust him that he's a good God and he has the best for us listen as a parent I wouldn't tell my kids to do something that was going to hurt them amen I wouldn't I would tell them only things that's going to help them benefit them and in so doing that they would be blessed God's the same way In any area of your life he's telling you to obey him whatever it is listen to him do what he says to do and you will be blessed you see some of us had this idea that God really didn't mean for me to abstain from sexual immorality until I got married and even after I got married but he did and listen he's not trying to kill your joy He's trying to give you life abundantly. He knows the pain. He knows the heartache. He knows what's going to happen if you don't listen to him and obey him. And he has the very best for us. Amen? Amen, Amen and oh me at the same time, right? Here's the third thing, third incredible, indescribable blessing that God gives us, and that's his permanent presence. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me... Will be loved by will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them now think about this if you simply love him and do what he says he will take up permanent residence with you now listen once you receive jesus christ as your personal lord and savior you receive this permanent holy spirit of god in your life all right now the key is He's in all of us. But here's the key. Are you aware of his presence and are you seeing his manifest presence that's in your life? See, that's the key here. You see, you never have to ask him to join you or wonder where he is or if he's busy. He's always present. You see, even as believers, we, say, we, say, we often say a prayer like this, God be with me. Well, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't need to pray that. Because why? He's always with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God, we can say something like this. God, thank you that you're going to be with me. But we don't have to ask God to be with us because he is with us. Amen? That's what the Word of God tells us over and over again. But the awareness of his presence depends upon you and I obedience to what he says. So here's a question for us just to probe your heart just a little bit this morning. Are you aware of his presence? Are you obeying his word? Same question. You see, if you're aware of his presence, then you're obeying his word. Where your focus is will determine your obedience. Now think about it. God speaks to you through his word, and he said, this is what I want you to do. And you know clearly this is what God's asked you to do. And yet something else is warring within you. And what you focus on during that time will determine your obedience to whatever. Amen? I can guarantee you every time. God, you listen, you ever had a struggle with addiction, you understand that. Listen, when, there's a, there, there, God says, this is the way, walk in it. Got it. Hey, this would sure feel good if you did this. What the, what'd that come from? Yeah, that's the enemy. And when you obey God, you focus on him. And see, if if you focus on that other voice that comes at you during that time, listen, you're going to obey that. You've got to determine what your focus is going to be. And your focus must be on obeying what the Word of God tells us. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 29. He says, The one who sent me is with me, He's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Now, think about that. This is Jesus. He always does what pleases him. Is that that your heart? Is that your desire to do always what pleases him? Verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, God's always, his whole plan is to keep us free free to obey him free to do his will free to to uh to be blessed by god and we do that as we understand who we are in christ you see a christian is one who has become a disciple of jesus christ is that not right Right. and you see do, do you know what a disciple is A disciple is this, is he or she has made a choice that the Lord Jesus Christ will be the one who guides him, who directs him, who teaches him, and who instructs him. That's it. Now, think about it. Can you imagine a person claiming to be a disciple and never listening to anything the master says and never takes time to be with him? Now, now think about this. Now, imagine in any sphere of, of life, you are a teacher in your particular profession, or what what God has blessed you with and given you gifts with. Now, imagine you have somebody comes underneath you, says, I want to be a disciple. I want to be an apprentice unto you. And you know everything, just about everything there is to know about that particular subject, whatever it may be, whether it be welding, uh, selling real estate, or, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter, okay? And you have this person with you, and this person decides, hey, you know, I really don't need to be with him. I mean, I, I know enough. I can figure this out on my own. I can do it myself. And he never listens to the teacher. He never even meets with a teacher. And, and all of a sudden, he thinks it's time to, hey, it's, it's for him to be able to be, hey, have a platform to be able to do what they do. Well, guess what? It doesn't happen that way. That would be crazy. Now, think about that. That would be crazy. You see, what a disciple does, first of all, it listens to a teacher that knows more than him. Amen? Second, it believes what the teacher tells them. And it's amazing as you go through this, this whole process. Now watch this. It's not enough to listen to them and believe what they say unless that person puts into practice and obeys what the teacher told him. They will never experience what? The ability to be able to do what he does. Then the disciple was do what? He will model that. You see, this is what it's all about. Jesus was the perfect model. YOU SEE, HE TAUGHT HIS DISCIPLES, AND HE TOLD THEM, HE SAID, THIS IS THE WAY, THIS IS MY WORD. HE POURED himself AND HIS LIFE AND HIS WORD THAT THE FATHER GAVE HIM, HE gave TO HIS DISCIPLES SO THAT THEY WOULD LISTEN, THEY WOULD BELIEVE, AND THEY WOULD OBEY, AND THEY WOULD, IN TURN, BECOME A MODEL BECAUSE WHEN HE WENT AND ASCENDED TO HEAVEN, GOD HAD LEFT THE WHOLE THING OF CHRISTIANITY IN THESE 11 DISCIPLES' HANDS. And it would prove how good a teacher he was by what happened with those 11. And those 11, we know, the Bible says, turn the world upside down. You see, that's what God's after. That's what Jesus said in in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 on the screen. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Peter Forsyth was right when he said the first duty of every soul is to find out not its freedom but its master Wow ran across a story the other day about a father of five young children he won a toy in a raffle while he was away and he comes home and he called the kids together to let them determine which one should have the present so he started asking questions And he said, who is the most obedient, he asked. Who never talks back to mother? Who does everything she says? And five small voices in unison said, you, daddy. (laughs) Yes, they figured out who the master was in that house. Amen. When you come to the Word of God, you're not coming for a devotional thought. Remember that. You are coming for directions. You're coming for instructions. You're coming to know the way that leads to life. When God gives you some guidance and you get it from his Word, as the Spirit of God directs you in your life and gives you understanding, hear me, you are coming to a person. God is not coming to you through his word in some abstract concept. He's coming to you to reveal the living word, which is in a person, Jesus Christ. When he writes his letter to you and I, he's writing to you as a person. And so therefore, when you look into the word of God and he reveals the word of God to you, he's revealing himself. And he's asking of you to do this and to do that. And when you do that, you're responding in love to a person whom you trust and whom you love. That's what God's after. You see, we've got to ask ourselves, will he direct you in making decisions? That's what a rubber hits the road. Do we believe that he will help us in making decisions? The Bible's very clear, absolutely. He cares about everything in your life, whether it's your family, whether it's a relationship you're in, or a relationship you're wanting to get in or get out, or whether it's work or anything, or His business, he wants you to know that he will guide you in every decision of life. Because why? God is a very practical God. That's why he came to earth as a man, to let us know he understands. Now think about it as a business person. WHEN YOU MAKE A BUSINESS DECISION, GOD IS INTERESTED IN YOU'RE MAKING THE RIGHT ONE, AND YOU'RE GIVING PEOPLE THE AWARENESS THAT YOU sought GOD'S WORD AND GOD'S WILL IN THIS MATTER, AND YOU BELIEVE GOD REVEALED TO YOU WHAT YOU SHOULD DO, AND YOU DO IT, AND THEN PEOPLE WILL ASK, HOW IN THE WORLD DID YOU COME ABOUT MAKING THAT DECISION, AND YOU KNOW OUR RESPONSE IS, HEY, I GOT A BROTHER In Christ his name's James and James told me that if any of us lacks wisdom on how to handle any trial to make any decision of life ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and he will give it to you Wow and that's what it's all about because hear me in life life is about relationships and God wants to give us wisdom to handle our life do lawyers need godly wisdom Yes, Do doctors need godly wisdom? Yes. Do do homemakers need godly wisdom? Do plant employees need godly wisdom? How about this? Do politicians need godly wisdom? Have mercy. You see, it is important for you and me to walk closely with the Lord so that God can entrust to us a life that he wants to change. Do you realize that you're in business and your number one focus, hear me, it's hard to me to say this, but it's the truth. It's really not the bottom line that's important. The important thing is the people. And if you'll remember that, that God put you in business, why? Because he wants to use you to impact people for the kingdom of God. Now, the bottom line, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the most important. Because see, God wants you to see that when you focus on His will and doing His word, then what will happen? He will take care of your bottom line. God always has and God always will. And we've got to decide what are we going to be entrusted with? Is it just our business or is it the business so that we can reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ? Amen? You see, my prayer for you and me this Christmas is that we will watch carefully the lives of people that God brings into our path it it may be a customer it it may be an employee or employer it may be an irate customer god wants to see what you will do why so that he can see are you ready to handle the blessing i want to use you to influence and impact that person's life Think about the privilege that you have. When you obey God, you put yourself in the center of God's will of him using you for the glory of his name to reach another person with the good news of Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better better thing there is. You see, when you don't react in anger when you have an irate customer, that alerts that person, number one. I can't believe they didn't respond back to me. Like I did. They're shocked. And he finds out that, wait, you're a Christian. Watch this. This is is really amazing. You're not just a Christian. You are a practicing Christian. Wow. One who has come to God and asked God for wisdom to be able to handle whatever you face in your life. And you're not going to respond out of the fruit of the flesh, which is anger and bitterness and all the other glorious words that go with that. But instead, you respond out of the fruit of the Spirit that you listen to the voice of God and the Word of God has told you to respond in love. Don't give them what they deserve. Give them what they don't deserve. Now, think about it. When that waitress at lunchtime doesn't serve you the way you want them to serve, don't don't beat her up. Don't beat him up. Start praying for them. And recognize, hey, you don't know what's going on in their life. And say, hey, what can I do to help them? What can I do to encourage them and come alongside them? Let me ask you this question, I'm going to close with this. Does God know what you are facing ahead of time? He really does. So when he asks you to obey him in a certain area of your life, and you know the area he's calling you to obey him in, will you obey? Will you obey? But here's the test. How well are you doing in obeying God's Word? He's called us all to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Are you witnessing for Him? He's called us to serve Him in His church and outside the church. Are you serving Him? He's called us all to give. Are you obeying? Now here's the toughie. He's also called us to forgive. Are you obeying? You know what how you can give somebody a real Christmas gift this year? Forgive them. As God has forgiven you. Unconditionally, totally and completely. No strings attached. I am going to absolutely come free. I am going to confess to God and confess to you that I forgive you. Let me tell you what that'll do for somebody's Christmas. It'll light them up like you've never seen a Christmas light in their life. Never more like God than when you give and when you forgive. That's what He's called us to be. So I ask you are you praying? are you connected another word for fellowship are you fellowship when guys listen I heard somebody tell me the other day he says I asked person well how you doing and uh, he says well I'm doing pretty good I said well, where are you where are you serving uh, where are you fellowship and "Oh, I, I go to so-and-so I said you going what do you mean you're going you're not connected well I go And we think that's Christianity today in in America. That as long as I go to church, that hey, I'm doing God's will. No, you're not. God's will is that you get connected in the body and fellowship with one another. Amen. Amen and oh me, right? But you see, God desires what? connection because listen you have something to offer me and I have something to offer you and if we just see each other in passing in a big group and we never get connected to get to know each other listen I never get to receive the gift that you have to offer to me and my gift to offer to you amen and you see we're in this together church I know in America it's all about independence but not in Christ economy it's all interdependence amen So I want to encourage you, let God speak to your heart today and ask him where is in your life that you need to make an adjustment so that you can join him, that you may experience him in this Christmas and the new year to come, God willing. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. The first step is your trust in what he's done for you. He's promised to provide for you a Savior his name is Jesus. He died for you. He was, he was birthed here at Christmas time, and he lived for 33 and a half years, a sinless, perfect life, but he died a sinner's death, and his death was payment for your sin and mine, for the whole world who would believe him by receiving him as their personal Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, today is the most important day of your life. Christmas will really be Christmas to you because it's not about all these presents and lights and food and all the fellowship it's about a relationship with the one who left heaven to come to earth so that he could be born so that you and i could have a savior that will always be there for us will never leave us nor forsake us emmanuel god with us do you know him today many of us in this room already know him i just ask you listen to the voice of god he's spoken to your heart today and make that necessary adjustment repent do whatever you have to do to get right with god so that he can bless you at this christmas amen father in jesus glorious name thank you for your love thank you for your grace thank you for your blessing of life now god i know a message like this is not always easy because lord we measure ourselves in terms of perfection and lord that's not your will here your will is is having our hearts do we have a heart? to want to obey when you speak and are we living in that obedience God help us to see the seriousness of obeying you and yet Lord help us to see the incredible indescribable blessings when we do obey you that you have the very best for us God Holy Spirit come and meet with us today and do your work as only you can in Jesus name I pray amen let's all stand I'll be at the altar if you need somebody to pray with. The altar is open for you. You can pray right where you are. The altar is right there where you are. You just be obedient to God and let him have his way. You come.